welcome to the Professional Services Pursuit, where a podcast that features expert advice and insights on the professional services industry. I'm Brent Trimble. I'm a team member here at Maven Link and a co-host, and my guest today on the podcast is the Chief Operating Officer and Chief Strategy Officer at Gorilla Group, Adam Brown. Gorilla Group is a innovative commerce digital experience agency that drives transformation on behalf of their clients. And Adam, it's great to have you on the show. In this episode, we want to explore a little bit about, first of all, your role at Gorilla Group, talk some about how you've been handling the growth you saw during COVID, and talk a little bit about staffing and resourcing in what's really a challenging talent market and something we're hearing from from a lot of our customers and client base and and so forth. But but first of all, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the Gorilla Group. Thanks, Brent. Well, as you said, my my role is sort of dual at Gorilla Group. I focus on you know the day to day operations and and you know how we execute as a business and how we deliver services for our clients, uh, and then work with the executive teams to really understand and sort of hone in on on future strategies for the company. Gorilla, as an organization, is is really focused on helping clients enable commerce. So you know large B two B organizations, B two C organizations. Uh, in order to do that, we provide services across. You know, consulting, data, experience, and technology. We operate in four different countries. We're relatively decentralized, so you know, our you know, despite having office hubs, we feel like because of the specialized work that we do, uh, it's important that we find talent, you know, independent of geographies, uh, and that's how we've operated over 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 the years. You know, another interesting point about Gorilla Group is you know we were acquired uh, in 2018 by WPP, uh, and more specifically Wonderman Thompson. So we have the ability to operate, you know, under the Gorilla brand and, and really honing in on our commerce specialization, uh, as well as going to market with Wonderman Thompson as their commerce uh, arm. Thanks for the rundown, the explanation. And we'll we'll dig into that a little bit because, you know, the audience for our our podcast and certainly our both our user group and folks in our on our periphery are part of what we think of like the professional services profession and professional services can be defined as everything from a tax advisory firm through management consulting, certainly the wide array of creative services firms, agencies like yourselves that are focused on everything from from commerce and activation to client acquisition. But I, I just had a question for you. When you think about Gorilla and you think about where you reside in the um, First of all, sort of the WPP matrix, which will, which I'd, I'd love to dig into a little bit about. But you and your colleagues, when we say something like professional services, is that something that resonates with you, or do you think of yourselves more as just a more of a bespoke sort of category within overall consulting, or certainly a standalone? No, I, it does. It does resonate with us. I mean, we we often say that you know our people are our difference. So you know, making sure that you know we have great people that are you know helping our clients. So professional services would definitely be aligned to, to what we do. You know, with that, I think we bring you know a, a good amount of specialization uh, because of the deep expertise that's required to to deliver commerce and you know and help these these customers do so. But that that definitely resonates, and that definitely is how we would, would look at ourselves. Yeah, I mean, a good distinction would be certainly like 
in our array and, and, and the types of firms we, we align with and work with and collaborate with, there are firms that bias more on certainly the product or the platform being leading sort of the value of the firm, whether that's software or some type of mechanism. In the other side of the of the of the spectrum is certainly something like your firm where the people really are the product. Certainly people with expertise in platform, but the talent you bring to bear, the specialization, the expertise are um, I mean that's your differentiator. Yeah, absolutely. And and we deliver on products, you know, across different different verticals, but it really is the people and their understanding of how to leverage those products and really how to align them best to the specific clients and their business needs that are that's that's really what the driver is. So talk to us a little bit about you know, we wanna you, you touch on kind of this this concept of the holding company and certainly WPP is well known, I'd say, and and certainly the complete array of the of the of the creative services market, certainly management consultancies because they they've been emerging as more and more of a competitor. But for those who maybe aren't as familiar, describe a little bit of the relationship of that that three to four tier kind of nesting doll approach with WPP as a holding company down to your individual brand gorilla, and then the layers and the types of opportunities that or within WP for you at like the network level, Wonderman? Sure. I mean, we see, you know, opportunities sort of uh, abound, as, you know, being part of the network. You know, one of the reasons that, that we went through the process of acquisition was to, you know, have a scale that, that really would resonate with some of the type of work and clients that we were dealing with. So, you know, WPP and Wonderman Thompson um, certainly provide that. You know, the other thing that we see as a benefit is just the, the broad range of services, you know, between us and, and the holding company, there's really nothing that we can't provide to our clients. And, and, to me and, and to our team, that was what was really important. You know, we, you know, selfishly think that digital transformation is often driven by commerce, or at least commerce is part of that that conversation. You know, how do I, you know, ultimately drive a transaction online? And with the conversation starting there, it often goes in many different paths. And and sort of the the nice thing about you know being part of a large organization is there's there's no path that we can't you know consult and, and help a client with because of the way the agencies are structured and and because of the skill sets they have. Uh, as well as just the geographic reach. So in that, you know, in that vein, what what would you say your kind of like if you had to quantify or break down what what percentage of your your time related maybe to engagements would be guerrilla focus meaning, you know, your 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 individual brand and then maybe more Wonderman focused or even WPP focused. Do you think about it in that way? You know, maybe like there's a specific client that's really strategic. You're you're servicing completely from the Gorilla brand, and then a portion of time that might be clients that use your services as well as others within the network. Yeah, it's it's a healthy mix. Um, it's important for us to to sort of maintain that healthy mix of clients that would be direct, you know, guerrilla clients, if you will, uh, as well as those where we're working with other agencies, um, you know, and part of, you know, larger, more encompassing engagements. So, you know, our teams are really focused on being able to operate in both fashions. You know, I couldn't give you a, a direct split, but I would say, you know, if I'm guessing off the top of my head, it's probably, you know, 60 or 70 direct versus 30 or 40 in network. And that's really by design, right? You know, we, we, you know, obviously we're lucky 
lucky enough to have been doing this for a long time and, and have the credibility that you know clients do come to us directly and we then use that to, to leverage and, and provide expertise you know within network to clients that may you know have not known about commerce capabilities before so it's a healthy mix um, and we make sure that we sort of we keep that balance and you know and also maintain the flexibility to operate as gorilla or to operate as wonderman thompson uh, or wpp as a whole the fact that you're positioned around commerce obviously drove exponential growth for you in the in in sort of the new reality which is which is covid and then post covid right because so many industries really accelerated their if they were dipping the toe into e-commerce or or digital enabled commerce in the uh, beginning, they, they sort of went all in. So that, that, I'm sure, drove plenty of growth for you. What, you know, with growth comes expertise and talent and, you know, you noted sharing practice capabilities across a network. But let's talk a little bit about talent. What are some emerging trends you're seeing as we get into sort of this plateau where we're, we're still a little bit in the, in the COVID evolution or 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 way it is recast business but you got to feel like we're we're kind of coming out of it and then we'll be settling into this landscape of whatever sort of post pandemic looks like but from a talent perspective you know let's talk a little bit maybe about the benefits to attraction and acquisition and and what are some of the things you saw coming out and now and now really helping you transform sort of your talent practice like most businesses when when covid first hit you know there was a lot of volatility both on the client side as well as you know with with the business itself you know when when there are those sort of unknowns and uncertainties and that you know causes businesses to pause it causes others to accelerate you know we used to say that we would lose deals because companies would do nothing uh, in terms of their digital transformation and and this really you know sort of put their their foot on the gas in terms of making sure that that was a priority uh, so that was significant for us as a business this idea idea that we can't wait, we can't make excuses, um, we can't worry about, you know, some of the minutia that that organizations would get caught up in in prior to COVID. From a you know, a people standpoint, it created a whole host of, of new challenges. You know, at one point, you know, I looked back at the business late last year and just the sheer number of people that we had hired that had never been to an office, mm. um, had never met a coworker in person. And that's, you know, challenging when you're trying to maintain a, a culture uh, that you've worked so hard to establish uh, and really trying to adjust what that's going to look like in the future. So, you know, that's that's been something that we've, we've worked really hard on is just make, making sure that even in a remote environment that you know we can maintain culture in a lot of ways that means that we have to empower our people to drive that culture in new and different ways but but that's been a significant focus for us and a a big shift that that you know covid and sort of the working environment had created for us when when we talk about sort of the the benefits that that have arisen around talent and i certainly always think of the agencies as really primarily talent first shops kind of the purest manifestation of fee to service type work what what we've heard is that the fact that you've been able to look a bit beyond the borders of maybe the large city hubs you know um, chicago new york san fran la that there's been the opportunity to to bring on folks who maybe you wouldn't have considered the past or conversely might not have considered you but now have the opportunity either in a 
in a hybrid consulting fashion or uh, contingent work fashion or even an FTE you're able to bring on? Have you found that to be the case, like that the world is sort of flattened in terms of talent and from a positive perspective, you've been able to kind of open the horizons a bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've we've always tried to operate with the mentality that we go where the talent is. You know, because what we do is highly specialized. You know, even though we have hubs, you know, we have offices, and we're, you know, our main hub is in Chicago. You know, we've we've really tried to find expertise uh, anywhere that it lives. So, you know, COVID in a lot of ways did flatten that. You know, it gave us the ability to look broader. It also, you know, sort of changed the dynamic with clients. Clients had an expectation that people are on site and, and you know consulting in, in that manner uh, and eliminating that need at least in a short period of time you know also allowed us to broaden you know the folks that we hire you know travel obviously is, is not a, a thing that we have to consider at the moment you know and, and now we look at how we balance that into the future and how we make sure that that folks that are remote permanently can still engage when we you know go go back to office and, and vice versa. You know, Mark Reed, obviously CEO of WPP and and sought after quite a bit just for kind of his take on the business as, as things are really evolving and, and cascading and snowballing both in the heat of the pandemic and now as we as we plateau. He talked about kind of some interesting things around the notion of getting the work done, right? And client expectations and he had a great kind of distilled piece in fast company. That I think was a great read, even for even for folks who might not have been in the um, the agency business. But he said, you know, in terms of new business, working around how to pitch over Zoom, which must be just bonkers, right? I mean, <laughs> think about like you know the the even you know the, the the romance of the pitch and and theater of the room and leading a client through a journey and a story, having to do that with with everyone's faces in these kind of rigid pixel windows but he said you know five or six years ago wpp or or any of the office you need fly 20 or 30 people to a pitch go into you know a well orchestrated room now you know doing it remotely not perfect and of course there'd be some some returning to physical meetings i think we all i certainly crave that i don't know about you but but the the notion that really innovative work can be done remotely has been sort of transformative to the business so you know think through i guess maybe the last 18 months and 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 you don't have to get into you know really detailed client data but think of maybe maybe a pitch that you or a big piece of business that you won and and how your team really adapted and evolved to do that remotely i'd love to hear about that yeah, I mean it's it's been really interesting because you know to your point, you know, pitching remotely is very different than than pitching you know in person. Uh, I mean, working remotely is very different than working with with a client and building those relationships in person as well. So, you know, the teams have had to do a a really you know thoughtful job of changing the way that they approach you know the business you know from that initial pitch to to the execution of the work you know it's it's caused us to evolve you know how we approach those conversations you know how we collaborate through our tools and really just sort of how we look at the those engagements as a whole you know one of the things that i think a lot of us feel from covid is just the formality of conversations right, right. A, a pitch is structured and it is you know when it's in person and it is there is you know that aspect of it but it is not as formal as a zoom call 
you know, even, you know, simple meetings now are, are much more formal than they, they were historically. So getting used to that and, and being able to read through the formality and get around the formality, that's really been critical, right? And establishing new relationships uh, and fostering, you know, the relationships that, that we had, you know, prior to, to things kind of getting shut down. So that's been the big dynamic is just getting through the formality and allowing the teams to, you know, sort of do their thing and, and, and shine, you know, despite, you know, the barrier of, of, uh, of being remote. I, you know, COVID allowed me to be on my first six hour Zoom call. Oh, <laughs> we've, we've had, we've had those types of presentations, which in right. person are, are, are not that bad. But when you're, you know, all sitting trying to be engaged on a video can, can be a bit of a challenge. You know, it's always interesting too, as a company that implements technology, how much technology gets in the way right. <laughs> when you're right. trying to do these things. So, you know, that always creates a few laughs as everyone's trying to get online and, and, you know, share, share materials, et cetera. So, um, you know, I think like everyone, you know, we, we've had to adjust to this and there's been plenty of interesting moments. But, you know, the nice thing about this that, that I've seen is that everyone fully gets it and understands it. They're, they're all right. dealing with it. So, you know, if we're, you know, doing a presentation and there's kids screaming in the background, you know, it's it's probably not the only kid screaming in the background. So, you know, I think, you know, having sort of that visibility on both sides, you know, client and as well as um, partner, you know, has allowed us to to really kind of lean into that. You know, the fact that we're, we're all sort of dealing with this and, and making the best of it. And and I think with that, you know, there's been a, a really good level of, of sort of um, understanding between the sides, right? I mean, you you're on a pitch you see in someone's home right and right. and i think that's that has some kind of specialness to it and i think you know despite it being challenging i think it also creates some some interesting moments and some good moments for for us to connect with with the folks that we're working with what about you know speaking about the work you know from your vantage point and it, and it's certainly anecdotal but you know quality of innovation level of work do you feel like you get to it um quicker in in remote you're, you're just making the best of it you're you're adapting did was there better or, or more organic innovation when folks could could come together in person what do you look forward to most about coming out of this and and some level of normalcy and what do you i guess hope to retain what I look what I look forward to most is is eliminating some of that formality that I had mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the the need to schedule a, a call versus just pick up the phone. The, you know, it's whether it's um, driven by you know sort of the effects of COVID or not. I, I think that there is this sense when someone looks at a calendar and it's full of meetings that everyone's incredibly busy and, and can't be made, can't be available, right? For you know those sort of uh, you know, in office conversations or those 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 personal conversations. So, I look forward to sort of moving away from that because I do think that you know on the on the client side and with the work, you know, that hasn't been significantly impactful. You know, the teams the teams run through process. They have structure. I think they you know they they operate in a way that you know I think is is really good for the client and helps get the client to a decision. I think what we miss as a business is the those informal conversations that really help us get the things done faster. You know, now it's it's a process, right, to get folks together. So, so that's yeah. what I look forward to, to to eliminating. You know, what I look forward to, to sort of maintaining is, you know, being able to to operate these teams that are completely distributed. 
Right. Right. We, right. We were we were doing that before, but I think that this has you know accelerated that even further. So the teams have gotten better with using the technology, with leveraging the tools that they have, with you know being able to pull in different ideas and different skill sets uh, that they may not have before because it was easier to you know to to ask the person next to them versus the person you know in another country, for example. So I think maintaining that will be will be something that we definitely look forward to. No, and I want to pick up on that a little bit around the the notion of technology and and sort of this relationship we've all been forced into certainly you know you think of the pandemic right and you think of the world kind of spinning on its axes 20 years ago couldn't even have come close to this level of connectivity right i mean high speed latency buffering packets certainly telecommunications everything the, the infrastructure was there was able to sort of stand up under the under the strain but give me an example maybe of a of, of a piece of technology that you know aside from of course zoom and 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 webex and uh teams for the microsoft folks and so forth that you have found to be really kind of unheralded but indispensable during the time that that maybe you wouldn't have utilized before i'll give you an example i found some of the uh, some of the the web-based sort of browser-based tools around just simple flow charting and diagramming and trying to replicate a little bit of that hey let's let's just pull into a, a whiteboard room here real fast and sketch something out to be really useful and they always were before right i mean you know you could sit down and do a, a process diagram and and so forth but just having one of those open and, and doing some rapid sketching has been sort of something that I've that I've adopted. Any anything's come to mind around on that for you and your in your team at Gorilla? Yeah, I mean we've you know, we've definitely tried out a bunch of new technologies in terms of you know being able to facilitate those collaborative moments virtually. So to your point, being able to to do virtual whiteboarding, being able to do you know live demos and you know click throughs and and annotations and things like that, and tools like Envision, for example, uh, have have been you know really beneficial for for the teams. You know, simple things like Slack. You know, fully utilizing Slack with our clients to to sort of its its potential, I think, has you know allowed yeah. us to take some of those informal conversations into the online realm. So that's all that's all been really helpful. And, you know, I think for us, a lot of it was, you know, really about tools that would allow that real time collaboration as much as possible and allow clients to feel like they're part of the process that it's not happening to them right the the beauty of being in person is that you know you're you're sort of doing these things together and when you're not in person there can there can easily be a sense that you know these things are happening to you right we're creating something we're presenting it to you versus working on it with you so a lot of the tools like envision and others are really designed for us to to allow us to collaborate and and make it you know something that we're doing together no it's good yeah that's that's good insight i mean as it as it pertains to talent, you know, we, we hear from a lot of our, our colleagues and our partners and, and, and clients like yourselves around, and certainly the press has just been inundated with stories of the notion of the great resignation and folks really recalibrating their relationship with work, uh, their firm, their career, home and work life kind of intertwining. And I always think of, you know, the agency business says traditionally a long hour kind of kind of thing and and very cyclical and probably at the end of the day not for everybody but for for a, 
a great group of folks um, find tremendous fulfillment in in that kind of adrenaline fueled sort of strategy through through execution process. What are you guys finding at Gorilla in terms of your part or participation in that phenomenon? Is is turnover? more or less about the same that it was have you have you found some spikes has it leveled off Are people really content in the work and and find that you know knocking out a commute really really helps on the the home and 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 balance and collaboration front so what, what do you guys find in terms of the great resignation it seemed to hit us a little bit later than others that I know in, in mm-hmm. various industries. You know, I have good friends that you know work in work in other industries, and they were talking about this you know months you know before you know right. we really felt right. it or, or started to hear about it. So we had a little bit of a delayed effect to that. I think what's most interesting about it is turnover hasn't been any significantly higher or lower than than historically but but the type of turnover has so you know we see more turnover in short tenured employees uh, mm-hmm. than we ever have so folks that again joined remotely could never get ingrained in the culture that that is important to, to to keeping people sticky so that's been something we've been combating you know we've also seen turnover to to your point for folks that are just sort of rethinking their careers or or the balance or yeah. whatever the, the thing may be so you know folks leaving to do you know really interesting new things that are no way shape or form related to what we do and in those scenarios you know it's I, we, we you know it's that's it's great for them that they have the ability to, to go and do that and uh, and sort of hit the reset button you know i think for us what's been really important with this is you know, one of the challenges that that we see commonly across the staff, and you know, even even I think I face it as well, is the ability to separate work from from life, right? And, yeah. and be able to to really make that transition. So, you know, it's it it seems really easy to tell people that we've always tried to to maintain a, a good work life balance as part of our culture. But you know, how do you enforce that? I, I can't turn off someone's email at six o'clock, right? So, just making sure that people understand that. You know, we expect them to to shut down, right? To to transition off of work, to not check emails and and respond at certain times, and to know that that's okay. You know, we expect them to take time off and and sort of maintain that balance. Uh, that's been something that we've had to emphasize more and more because you know, you know, the reasons that you described. We have a lot of great people that want to do you know amazing work for our clients, and and I you know appreciate that you know more than I can say, but getting those people to shut down uh, yeah. has, has been a has been a challenge and something that we're you know continually working on yeah pull back on the reins a little bit and and yeah the, the, I think this just intertwining and fusion even you know you know I, I spent several years in management consulting and and lots of global travel and even that sort of just break in the airplane door shutting and grabbing like a little bit of a nap you know it's just kind of that break in the day and this fusion of zoom and screens and certainly for myself with a with a birthday looming my first eyeglass prescription which you know (laughs) might be related to the impending birthday might be related to too much screen time but have you you know as a firm there there was in in the in the creative services advertising certainly the digital consulting transformation kind of kind of agencies where we were seeing even pre-covid some really interesting cooperative groups, gatherings, hubs, pools of folks who were credentialized, great specialists in in a specific type of craft, but really wanted to be staffed on, 
you know, six to nine months projects, maybe, you know, and, uh, you know, some shorter duration, certainly, but like creative teams helping with pitches and so forth. Do you find um, your use of freelancers about the same? Maybe have has it increased with with COVID? Where do you where do you see that in terms of your overall talent complexion? I sort of your earlier point about about airplanes. I, you know, I, I never thought I'd miss getting on airplanes, oh, but man, it did. Yeah. <laughs> it did allow you know that that uh, shutdown to sort of be forced yeah. and and that focus to be forced. Even kind of going back to your earlier point about pitches. I mean, there's there's some beauty if you will to being 100% focused on a pitch and and traveling to it and and presenting and doing those sorts of things so that's definitely missed and you know never would have expected it to be missed but yeah i mean in terms of you know how we how we use freelancers versus how we did you know prior i think one of the benefits that that we communicate to our teams is just the 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 broad range of of clients that we get to interact with i mean we we solve business problems across many different industries and, and many different clients and and that is what's you know i think one of the things that's kind of unique and also unifying about commerce the problems are all somewhat similar but the execution is vastly different depending on the companies and and you know their requirements etc so we've tried to make sure that we have scalability through contractors and not dependency so in that you know making sure that you know our teams are you know they have the ability to to work on work on clients and they have the ability to to you know transition off and work on new clients and give other folks a, an opportunity to step up and and fill those roles or you know fill them with with contractors in a short term you know those types of things so you know we've we've tried to maintain that balance as best as possible and and really the contractor market as a whole is one that's that's changed you know dramatically yeah. over the past you know 16 months as well so highly competitive compared to to what you used to see you know competing not against not only against other firms that are looking for for subcontractors but full-time hires you know those types of things so it it definitely has shifted sort of how we look at scalability as an organization and and how we look at scalability from a hiring perspective and a, a partnership perspective and a you know contract perspective if you will you know and it, it's kind of tactical but i wanted to talk about it in the context of your role because you have you know an operations role right with with gorilla the notion and and wonder just if you have any insight into this of the managing contractors in that compliance fashion and navigating sort of the 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 variability of employment law i'm certainly across the u.s and then of course you know i know you guys do a lot do a lot of work in uh me and so forth is, is that something that you you kind of deputize that talent acquisition team to manage? Is it is it a mix of management and technology that help you with that? But this is, you know, in the U.S., of course, 1099 in duration and then different states having that. But that, that overall notion of are we compliant with our contingent workforce, we've heard that coming up more. And, of course, with increased usage of contingent workforce comes, you know, increase, I guess, volume and need for compliance. How are you guys tackling that at, at uh, Gorilla? Yeah, compliance is always something that's that's top of mind for us. You know, being part of a, a larger publicly traded you know entity, it's you know something that we have to work through and on a constant basis. For us, you know, in terms of using contractors, one of the ways that we've approached it and, and tried to eliminate those types of challenges is by really focusing on having you know partners partnerships with with these organizations. So. 
not necessarily going out and trying to find an individual to contract with, uh, and more so looking at partner companies that can can help scale teams, and you know, in some ways, kind of putting that problem on them uh, right, to, to right. deal with the, the local yeah. you know logistics and, and no, that absolutely, sort of thing. it's a it's a great yeah. yeah, it's a great strategy. No, absolutely. There, there's been some interesting technologies, you know, like you said, there's some interesting some hubs that have arisen that that handle that. I think they kind of couch that as a service. Both will help you find and vet and credentialize freelancers, but we'll also handle compliance. And that's a, that's a great boon, but I've heard some just varying degrees of that being sometimes an operational strain, sometimes a, um, a strain on talent of, and of, of, of staying in compliance, frankly. But, but, you know, as we, as we wind down here, I'm curious about your role because it's really interesting, right? You're, you're working in strategy with specific clients. You're also helping with drive operations within your firm that probably has a strategic, you know, bend to it. I mean, there's, there's nothing more strategic really than keeping the, the, the hand on the rudder to make sure, you know, operationally things are sound and you're anticipating talent needs and so forth. But talk a little about that juxtaposition and what's, what's, what you find interesting about that. I, you know, I once had someone tell me that there's a, there's a difference between sales and delivery. <laughs> it was a, a, a nice reminder. And, and I do sort of straddle kind of both of those, right? Understanding right. Yeah. What, what we can sell and, and how we deliver it, which I think, you know, from my perspective is a good thing. You know, I think for us and, and for me personally, you know, doing great work is how we you know, we create more opportunities with clients and, and, and in the market. So we've always, you know, as an organization, tried to keep people as close to the clients and as close to the work as possible because right. that's where we we see the change coming. And that's really what I've tried to maintain in my role. So, you know, yes, I'm I'm looking at how we deliver as a whole and how we operate as a whole and but also trying to keep a pulse on, you know, what clients are asking for and and, you know, sort of how they're approaching digital or commerce or transformation, you know, in real time. Uh, because, you know, that's another thing that that's been impacted by COVID is just buying behaviors, you know, with, Absolutely. with uns, you know, with uncertainty of, of, you know, the, the customer's business comes uncertainty of budgets and buying in smaller increments and buying in different ways. And, and, you know, they're, you know, the sort of the large scale multi-year transformations are few and far between and no one has time for it anymore. So that's, that's been a big thing is just staying close enough to the clients to understand sort of how their strategies then dovetail into our own and the offerings that we need to provide and then, you know, ultimately how we deliver on those. That's really, you know, interesting that, you know, someone points out there is a difference between sales and delivery and I've heard it positioned as romance and reality, right? You know, <laughs> but in your case, you, you have to, you're, you're kind of tied to both. You've got foot in both worlds. So there's, there's not this notion of dropping off the ticket at the door and then, you know, walking away and letting delivery handle that. So it must mean it's, it's similar to, I, th- I guess, to an e-commerce or a buying process, right? There's, there's sort of enticement and demand all the way through purchase and then unboxing experience and then customer service has to come in and make sure that they underpin the product in it and it fulfills that that client expectation so kind of kind of similar in that regard you know this has been really great and i i think we we've been able to touch on a lot of topics one is really dimensionalizing i think a really unique type of agency in a very vast array of of types of you know what we'd call either creative or marketing services shops 
you've touched on a little bit of the the notion of how you fit within a broader holding company talent topics both acquisition retention the the strength of culture and how that's really helped you the the ability to harness technology to you know foster new ways of doing work and then of course we all anticipate and and i think crave to a degree going back and doing at least some hybrid in person but any anything you wanted to leave you know as a as a a leader in a dynamic kind of organization where talent and deploying the right talent at the right time, certainly, I, I guess, at the right price as well to, to ensure profitability for the firm. Any any kind of enduring lessons or things that have really been illuminated to you in the past 18 months that maybe you hadn't thought about as much previously, but have been brought into real stark relief in this uh, time as a leader? Yeah, I, you know, for me, I think as a leader, you know, one of the the things that it's sort of come to light is is just the fact that we're all figuring this out together, right? And and having that level of transparency has has been a bit unique, right? As a as a leader, or even as a as a as a partner to our clients, you know, we're often expected to have all the answers. And I think we found some comfort in saying we don't have the answer, <laughs> and right, everyone right. sort of understands that. But but with it, there's a willingness to sort of solve the problem together, and that's been you know I think a bit of a breath of fresh air is this idea that we we don't always have to have the answers, and you know, and saying we don't, and and you know, but being committed to finding them uh, and collaborate on them has 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 been significant for us. Us and you know for our teams and for our clients so that's probably the biggest the biggest takeaway for me is just you know you, you you sort of operate you know in an industry where you're supposed to have all the answers and then you realize that there are many that you don't and that nobody does and just being able to have that transparent conversation with your clients or with your staff around around that you know that that level of honesty and that level of transparency has been uh, has been you know really really great for us it's sort of you know just being a bit vulnerable and 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 demonstrating that we're not there's no infallibility here and and you're just trying to uh, navigate some uncharted waters and I'm sure appreciated by your team and and the work probably you know really sings as a result so so that's great that's a great uh, thing to leave us with and thanks again I think this has been a great conversation a lot of different topics this could be something that um, we 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 build on maybe some of these themes and potentially have you back to the professional services pursuit i think this will be an episode that people really resonate with and with that if anyone listening has you know follow-up questions for adam or myself any topics that you want to go a little deeper on or or ask a, a question certainly reach out to us we'd love to hear from you you can send us an email at podcast at mavenlink.com and one of us will be happy to get back to you but adam thanks again for a great conversation and we look forward to connecting and good luck in uh, q4 as we hurdle toward the finish line yeah thank you If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know by giving the show a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a comment. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, you can do so anywhere you get your podcast on any podcast app. And to learn more about the transformative power of Mavenlink, go to mavenlink.com. Thank you for listening.